0: very good morning to you. It is Friday, the 26th of January, 2024. As the weekend is upon us. Sank Crunchy was... It was a saying at one time, wasn't it? Sank Crunchy, yeah. Great marketing ideas, that. Cadbury's chocolate. Right, now, it's uh, straight to the front pages of the UK Dailies. The Metro, which is a free newspaper. You will find it on public transport across the UK the headline is no justice. And this is a story about Valdo Callocane, a man who stabbed three people to death in Nottingham last summer. Yesterday, after admitting manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility, he was given an indeterminate term, sentenced to an indeterminate, indeterminate even, a term at a psychiatric hospital. So he's been given a hospital order and the families of the victims are very unhappy about that. Crime is not oft well, you know, murder and that. Don't often get into that in the Richie Allen show, but there you are. A lot of coverage of it this morning. The Daily Mirror has a photograph of William Roach on the front page. Bill Roach is 91 years old. And he has been in Coronation Street since 1642. No, he's been in Corrie since um, the very early 1960s. He's been in it since episode one. And he's still in it. God love him. I've seen him a couple of times, funnily enough, over the years. I live in Salford. I live a stone's throw from Media City. And Coronation Street has its own state-of-the-art studio where everything—excuse <coughs> me everything is filmed. And it's in Media City. I've seen here. I've seen one or two of them. Just when I've been out running, crossing the the square there by the BBC building, and he looks well for ninety one. But uh, he's facing bankruptcy apparently, according to the Daily Mirror. I would have thought he'd been paid pretty well by Corrie. But then, who who knows how he spends his money and how he invests it? The Mirror, though, apart from a picture of uh, Bill Roach, they were failed, is the headlines, the same as the Metro. Grace Barnaby and Ian, uh, Grace O'Malley, Kumar, Barnaby, Weber and Ian Coates were murdered by this man. Their families are very unhappy. The Daily Telegraph, same story, he has got away with murder. The Times police chief has blood on his hands over stabbings, is the headline. And that's uh, Emma Weber, the mother of Barnaby Weather. She's pictured speaking outside the court yesterday. They've criticised mental health services and the police for failing to detain this man, Valdo Calacone, who they say had been known to the police and mental health services for a long time and that this guy had serious problems. So, by failing to deal with him, blood on their hands. Daily Express headline, Haunt Today's tax cuts are just the start. That's the headline. Um, He's the lead story. The Express says that Jeremy Hunt, the UK's Chancellor of the Exchequer, is vowing or has vowed that tax cuts are now hitting pay packets and this is just the start. Financial Times leads with a story about Michelle Mohn, the Conservative peer Baroness Mohn these days and the PPE scandal Remember that it says that um, assets, including a Belgravia townhouse linked to this woman, Baroness Moan, and her husband, Doug Barrowman, have been frozen or restrained by court order as they face a National Crime Agency investigation into alleged PPE fraud. The Guardian, EU plan to stockpile drugs will worsen UK shortages is the headline, the lead story. A plan for the a European Union plan to stockpile medicine, which might, uh, you know, be p- impact on medicine availability here in the UK. According to The Guardian, the EU plans to bulk buy key drugs for all 27 countries, leaving Britain behind in the queue. The Daily Mail headline, aristocrat and her lover went on the run carrying newborn baby in a little bag for life this was a story we covered on the richie allen show last year and that's the story of constance martin and mark gordon you might remember they went on the run with their daughter last year and then horribly the daughter was found the baby was found dead in a bag in a plastic bag covered in rubbish the couple both of them are in custody they deny the charges against them i think there's far more to this story than people might know or might be allowed to know it was revealed i think yesterday that this woman constance martin had had four children previously and every one of them had been taken away from her shortly after they were born that's something i again i've covered on uh, the richie allen show it's pretty awful forced adoption. But we'll leave that there because I, I can't say too much more about it because I don't know. But she did have four children taken away. Four. Uh, the son goes with the Bill Roach star. Corrie Bill 91 facing bankruptcy. What are they claiming it? What are they putting it down to? He's hauled to court, says the son over mystery tax debt. Details of the cause of the tax debt have remained confidential. The actor has declined to comment, according to The Sun. The Daily Star headline is Up Yours. Have some of that. Up Yours is the headline. Two words. (laughs) As military top brass called for a citizen's army to face down mad Vlad. This is the bollocks that you get in the tabloids. I mean, we've always received the tabloids have always been full to the brim of bollocks right but this is the latest nonsense mad vlads are calling putin up yours basically uh 90 of us say we'd refuse to fight Uh, meanwhile says the daily star health chiefs say many brits would be far too fat to be much use in a war anyway something i lampooned in the monologue on the Richie Allen show this week. Yes, I bet the Russians are absolutely cacking it. I bet they're not. I for many years campaigned and worked with and wrote to and sent money to death row inmates in United States prisons, in prisons in America, Jacksonville in Florida and many other prisons, prisons in Texas I would write to men. I remain as a 49 year old man, steadfastly if I can use such language completely opposed to capital punishment i i will never believe that it's acceptable for the state to exact revenge on behalf of its citizens you know the state should be passionless and without prejudice when dispensing justice and if somebody commits a murder they should go to prison for it for a very long time but they shouldn't be executed you might be aware there's a horrific story uh, coming out of the us state of Alabama which you know I was going to get into on the Richie Allen show this week but it's so depressing I didn't and the reason I didn't get into it was because I knew there would be no clemency for this man Kenneth Eugene Smith I knew there would be no clemency despite the fact that every prison guard in the death house where this man has been kept for years and years every one of the guards co-signed a letter to the governor of Alabama saying this guy's a good guy, don't execute him He doesn't deserve it. But they executed him. And why is it controversial? I mean, it should be controversial anyway. Because he has become the first man to be executed using nitrogen gas. Yeah, they put a helmet over his head, like a fireman's helmet, and they pumped in nitrogen gas, and he basically asphyxiated to death. And there are some horror stories emerging this morning from people who were present at it, saying that it took 22 minutes, and the guy was coughing and spluttering. And died in agony. The first time that uh, the th- this method of execution has been used, and one of the reasons they're looking for new ways to execute people is because they are struggling um, badly to source and to buy the cocktail of drugs that they traditionally use in in lethal injection, and it's because many of the companies who make the drugs, uh, pentobarbital, and, and is one of them. For example, uh, the drugs used to to kill people with a lethal lethal injection, many of the companies who manufacture them are refusing to sell them to prisons and to states where they know they will be used in the execution process. So they're looking for new and exotic ways. And in fact, some states have even used the electric chair in the last 12 to 18 months. And there's even talk of the gas chamber coming back. It is barbaric. It is fucking preposterous you know, that the state would do that. Exacting retribution, revenge on somebody. Whatever they did, it's outrageous. This man was um, executed using nitrogen gas. Apparently it took ages to kill him and it was horrendous, apparently. And there's a number of stories this morning in the news. Sky is running one. The BBC is running one saying that it was basically horror on earth to be there while this man was murdered by the state of Alabama. And I'll say no more about it because I've um, spent a lot of time over the years talking about it. You know, I'm asked all the time if somebody who you love dearly, Richie, was brutally murdered, what would you want to happen? And I say this, and I'm no tough guy. I think every, you know, red-blooded man would want to grab or to get a hold of the person who did it and to deal with them your, yourself. That would be a natural, a natural um, reaction to it. A natural feeling. Okay? It's not right. I don't believe, or maybe I do believe. I don't know. But you'd be inclined to try and get a hold of the guy, or guys. But if you didn't, and they were were arrested, I wouldn't want the state to do that on on my behalf. You know, hot-blooded murder can be understood, if not condoned. But cold-blooded murder, which is what happened to this man last night in Alabama, is despicable. And it says a lot, really, about where humanity is, that people actually call for it. And people would have celebrated it last night. Anyway, let's look inside the newspapers. The Times. Are you living in sin? That's not the headline, by the way. Uh, The headline is, fewer than half of adults are married or in civil partnership. The Office for National Statistics, Um, has revealed that for the first time ever, fewer than half of all adults are married or in a civil partnership. The proportion of people in England and Wales living together in couples has remained constant, however, at about 60%. The newly released official estimates, the first since 2020, show that in 2021, 49.7% of those aged over 16 were in a legal relationship compared with 54.8% back in 2002. By 2022, this had fallen further to 49.4%. The steady decline in marriage and civil partnerships has come despite the growth of same-sex marriage since its legislation in 2013. The new figures show that there were an estimated 26,000 people in same-sex marriages in 2015, rising to 167,000 in 2022, 60% of them between men. More than 99% of married women, however, are still with someone of the opposite sex. So they spoke to a guy at the Times called Harry Benson. He's the research director of the Marriage Foundation. And he's lamenting the statistics, saying that societies throughout history have encouraged marriage because they know it's the most effective method for bonding men with the mothers of their future children. He's calling for more policies to encourage marriage, pointing to higher separation rates among those who have children out of wedlock. In 2021, just over 50% of births were to women outside marriage. Now, he says that if you're living in sin and not married, you're slightly more likely to leave. That relationship is more likely to end. But the Times doesn't give any hard statistics on that. I would like to see hard statistics. Show me um, the percentage of people, uh, the percentage of breakups of marriages. What is the percentage of marital breakup? Of all the marriages that take place every year, what percentage fail? And then give me the same number for people who move in together and start a life together out of marriage, in out of wedlock, basically, and and how you know likely they are to stay together. I'd like to see that. He says, The trend away from marriage is bad news for couples and bad news for children. Nearly half of all teenagers do not live with both natural parents, he says. Uh, there will be a lot of people who listen to the Richie Allen radio show Monday to Thursday at uh, 4 o'clock UK time. And they're Christians, which I have great respect for, complete respect for, And I think Christians will have a lot of sympathy with Harry Benson and his feelings about marriage. Here's a startling story also in the broadsheets today in The Telegraph. This time, WWE founder Vince McMahon accused of sex trafficking. When I was a young boy, when I was uh, 12, 13, 14, I was big into the WWE or the WWF as it was then. It was the World Wrestling Federation back then with great characters. You know, sports entertainment characters like the macho man Randy Savage. Marvellous. Hulk Hogan, of course. The Ultimate Warrior. Andre the Giant. Amazing. The Killer Bees. <laughs> and uh, Vince McMahon Sr. ran this company out in New York in the 60s and 70s. And then his son, Vince McMahon Jr., took it over. And, well, he made it an absolutely global brand. It is massive. Now, the WWE, well, a former WWE employee is alleging she was sex trafficked by Vince McMahon. Janelle Grant filed a lawsuit in the US District Court for the District of Connecticut yesterday, claiming that 78-year-old McMahon used her to entice wrestling talent. Other defendants named include John Laurenitis, the former head of Talent Relations. The lawsuit alleges trafficking by McMahon and Laurenitis, civil battery and infliction of emotional distress by all parties and negligence against the WWE. Ms. Grant's lawyer, Anne Callis, of Holland Law Firm, said the lawsuit was seeking to hold accountable the executives and WWE. She described her client as an incredibly private and courageous woman who has suffered deeply at the hands of McMahon and Laurinaitis. Grant hopes that her lawsuit will prevent other women from being victimised. So what is it that she alleges? Well, she says she was asked to provide services for a WWE superstar so so he would continue to work for the company. She was asked to provide sexual services. When this didn't happen, she said McMahon was physically rough with her. The lawsuit also alleges that McMahon and Laura Knight has controlled her, continued employment with WWE and pressured her to engage in sex acts. Bombshell story that in The Telegraph because as I said, the WWE has millions and millions of fans around the world and when it tours, like it will come to the UK fairly regularly, getting tickets for it very difficult. It sells out huge arenas in minutes. It is a global brand. Uh, the Guardian has an interesting story. I won't get into it in great depth, but you know we've talked a lot on the Richie Allen radio show about London, about Sadiq Khan's ultra-low emission zone, Ulez, where London has been divided into zones. And um, driving in these zones can be very costly for you, right? If you have a diesel car, that's um, older maybe than 2015, 2016, if it is deemed that the car you drive isn't compliant with emission standards, you can be charged £12.50 12, 12 and 50 pence a day for driving in certain parts of London. Well, now The Guardian is saying that it has an exclusive story that hundreds of thousands of EU citizens have been wrongly fined for driving in London ULES. Um, And that's according to European governments. It's been described as possibly one of the largest data breaches in EU history. The Guardian can reveal Transport for London has been accused by five EU countries of illegally obtaining the names and addresses of their citizens in order to issue fines against them with more than 320,000 penalties, some totalling thousands of euros sent out since 2021. The Liberal Democrats transport spokesperson in the London Assembly has called for the immediate investigation saying the issue could damage the UK's, uh, uh, sorry, London's reputation as being open to visitors. An interesting story that. In France, more than 100 drivers have come together to sue uh, London and Transport for London, saying that their details were obtained fraudulently. Dutch lorry drivers are taking legal action against Transport for London. Over £6.5 million worth of fines, they say, were issued unlawfully. Very interesting story there. Inside the express, outraged shoppers call for as the boycott after supermarket announces cashless plans. So as there's a massive supermarket chain, it's owned by Walmart, isn't it? Or by the same company that owns Walmart. Um, help me out here. I think, it well, you can't help me out. This isn't life. But I think it is. In any case, um, as the shoppers expressing anger at the supermarkets plans to go cashless in nearly 100 kiosks with some calling for a boycott. This is as the forecourts. As the, like Tesco, like Sainsbury's, like other supermarkets, it sells petrol and diesel too. It has its own forecourts. They're doing away with manned tills at Asda petrol stations. Um, you'll have to pay by card or uh, debit card or credit card. You won't be able to pay by cash. ASDA is saying that we're moving the people who used to work in the kiosks at the petrol stations into the stores, into the food stores, to better serve our customers there. That's a load of bollocks, of course. You and I know that. Cashless is coming, and ASDA is preparing for the inevitability you know that 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 it is eventually going to say i believe now it won't be now it might not be in 2025 it might not be in 2026 but maybe in 2027 maybe beyond these um supermarket chains will say it uh, from now on in we're not carrying cash we won't be able to give you change you've got to use debit card credit card or use your phone to pay That would be my prediction. That's the Express. There is a horrible story in the Daily Mail about a man in Texas, a grandfather, a young grandfather, 61-year-old man, called Harvey Eugene Murphy. Now, Harvey was no angel. In his 20s, he had a string of convictions for burglary, but never violent burglaries. He'd never carried weapons, and it seems that he changed the error of his ways. He saw the light, and he He grew up and uh, he built a life for himself. Anyway, he was um, arrested, charged and wrongfully convicted of armed burglary. Sentenced to prison for it. And while he was in prison, he was gang raped by men and left with permanent injuries. He was physically destroyed. This is horrible now. Turns out that he was wrongly ID'd using facial recognition technology. You'll find this on the mail online. It's a horrifying story. I'm not going to read all the details of it, because they are grotesque. This poor bastard was wrongly identified through facial recognition technology, which is deeply flawed, as we know. Um, it turns out that he was 2,000 miles away from where the armed robbery took place when it happened. Yet he ended up going to prison. He's out now. He's suing everybody, unsurprisingly. He's suing the Sunglass Hut Sunglass Hut is a company where you buy sunglasses. Uh, They use the facial facial recognition technology. He's suing them, he's suing everybody. Jesus Christ, what a story. Two thousand miles away he was when two guys um, robbed the manager of this uh, sunglass store, forced uh, the employees into a back room uh, using weapons. This poor bastard had nothing to do with it. Went to prison, was gang raped with permanent injuries. Wow. Horrible. Telegraph. New EU fingerprint scheme may cause 14-hour border queues. British holidaymakers may face 14-hour queues to enter Europe under new EU border checks. MPs have been briefed. It's been called an alarming briefing. Parliament was warned huge tailbacks could build up at Dover. When Brussels introduces fingerprint and facial recognition checks for all visitors, the EU says it will finally introduce this. It's been heavily delayed. We talked about this over the last couple of years. This uh, new entry exit system. It will come in this autumn and it is being described as a terrible blow to the tourism industry. That's what they're saying. That's in the Telegraph. Facial recognition again, fingerprinting again, digital IDs, Tony Blair rubbing his hands with glee, and his new bum chum, William Hague. Fantastic. There's also an interesting story in the Telegraph about Ofcom and the forthcoming election. GB News has given Ofcom chief biggest problem he's ever faced. Now, the head of Ofcom is a woman, so this is it's not misogyny by the Telegraph. It's a, I think it's just a mistake. Anyway, GB News might present Ofcom with a huge problem, according to a guy called Jim Naughty. Jim Naughty is a BBC Radio 4 presenter, and he says the emergence of partisan news channels in the UK was a very worrying development. And he compared this to Fox News, of course, which supports, unashamedly supports Donald Trump. He says it's very worrying and that Ofcom is going to have to do something about it. It's never faced a situation like this before. Not a complaint about a programme, but uh, not a complaint about a particular presenter, but a general kind of balance issue running up to an election. Um, I, of course, was speaking about this long before anybody else, talking about the, the absolute vaudevillian, if I can say vaudevillian, uh, nature of news channels, purporting to be news channels, channels, let's say channels, TV channels, claiming to be news channels, Um, giving jobs to serving MPs, putting MPs on evening news programmes, like Jacob Rees-Mogg, for example, like Nigel Farage, and could be here all day, David Lammy, Rachel Johnson, I could be, again, keep naming them, different channels. It is preposterous, but it is here now. And this guy is wondering, what will Ofcom do when we're in the election cycle, and GB News has basically got presenters who are standing for election, like Jacob Priest-Mogg. Now they've got a TV news programme. They're chairing, they're presenting it, where they'll be promoting the Conservative Party and their own um, election campaign, presumably. Yeah, These are interesting times. That's in The Telegraph uh, 2. And I'm looking at the BBC News website now to see If there's anything else I can tell you about, there is a story running on the BBC News website today. It's very important. The United Nations top court could issue emergency measures ordering Israel to halt its military operations in Gaza. The session of the International Court of Justice today, on Friday today, is part of a case brought by South Africa alleging that Israel is committing genocide. Both countries testified when the case opened two weeks ago. Israel has vehemently rejected the allegation. A ruling against Israel is not enforceable by the court, but would be politically significant, according to Anna Holligan and Rafi Berg, writing for the BBC. The ICJ could very well rule today that genocide has and is taking place in Gaza. And the United Nations could say that, well, it could issue an emergency uh, demand that Israel stop its military operations in Gaza. But uh, it's highly unlikely that Israel will pay any attention to the United Nations. It never has done in the past. Why would anybody imagine that Israel would begin to listen now? Today is Friday the 26th of January 2024, day 26 of sobriety for your BBG, for your presenter. Let me remind you, the next time you can hear from me, if you opt, to hear from me Sunday morning 10 o'clock UK time I'll be presenting Sunday morning Melodies music programme failing that the papers will return on Monday morning very early and the Richie Allen show itself the live radio show is back on Monday at 4 o'clock UK time so all that's left for me to do is to wish you a wonderful weekend have a lovely weekend chill out relax do whatever it is you do and we'll speak again real soon from your BBG, arriva dirti, slon tamu.